Hi, Shira. So um, I want to talk about cancel culture because it's been, um, it, it's something that I've been thinking about. <laughs> Um, but like okay so so cancel culture seems like this complex phenomena right and it seems to perpetuate surveillance practices um let's say amongst individuals who sort of encourage this digital public shaming so you know taking a tweet and then just shaming them for it even though it doesn't make any sense now it made sense back in the day and also for you know certain communal ideas and hold them accountable for it so again um ideas that were okay back in the day but now they're not like for instance what so if someone's talking about like i don't know like conservative ideas um back in the day but now they're liberal all of a sudden because 2021 so someone would take that conservative tweet from let's say 2003 and all of a sudden it's like oh you're a liberal but you were talking about like um religion and like how you know there's mormons or whatnot um like some tweet related to that right um and they get canceled for it so there seems to be um from users from this mass scale of people on twitter there's a power then there's this um platform governance right and yeah, so both of them seem to work in uh, work together. And then when we and then like when we broadly see cancel culture, right? Like what comes under cancel culture? So it seems like there's um, selective cancellations, like we pick pick out people, we cancel it. Then there's the effectiveness of cancellation, like how effective is that particular cancellation? And Along with that comes performative um, activism because people are, you know, out there. Then, of course, wokeness. So performative wokeness is there. And then hypocrisy and victimization and empathy that comes with it. Um, so, yeah, it deeply makes me wonder as to where we're going with this cancel culture, like specifically the cons with it. And how do we how do we make sure that people who could get canceled for literally nothing you know like it's not really their mistake it's because a particular political group a particular group of people just decided all of a sudden that this person should not exist and they cancel them what do we do about that like what are, what can we do about that i think it's kind of childish behavior most of the time um there are certain instances in which for instance rape that's something that i think it's a bit more I don't know, but there are certain things where I think it's a bit over the top. Um, dude, I'm like, I, I don't like what I just said at all. I'm not being intelligent with what I'm saying. I'm just like, yeah, with rape, it's okay to cancel people. But like, you know, but like, I, I just, I genuinely think this the entire thing is just so nuanced, right? I think that in general, the concept of cancellation, right? Like, what does that mean? Who gets to decide, right? Like people's entire lives can be derailed by certain things, right? But at the same time, it's super nuanced, right? And if certain things happen, like no, you gotta, gotta hold people accountable, but like at the same time, it's like, 
you got to have open conversations. Yeah, exactly. And I think we're not really having those conversations because they're difficult conversations. And they're difficult only because no one wants to have them. Because, you know, yeah. um, if, the, yeah. if you have them, then no one's going to have cancel culture anymore. So mm-hmm. it, it seems also like an entertainment act for a lot of people. Like, oh, oh my God, it's trending. Like someone's getting canceled. Let's, let's get on the board and like sign the shit on them and whatnot. So it, it definitely has like an entertainment aspect to it. Now, like when we talk about, let's say, Twitter or just like social media, right? Like it seems as if technology kind of like allows its users to replicate um, law enforcement, right? And start like monitoring practices of, of people and their behavioral patterns. And, and they seem to like expand like this individualistic and collective gaze on, on the people they wanna cancel. Or just like users in general, like seems as if, um, you know, there's hyper like hyper surveillance happening at all times. And that's like the issue with cancel culture. But like, so, so when we look at like these um, Twitter policies, right? Like they say free will, free speech, you can tweet anything. Just have like certain community guidelines that you cannot like um, intermingle with. But I think that that's, you know, it's a free will. But then what happened with Eric Weinstein and Brett Weinstein's uh, articles of unity? Right, they suspended the account, which was basically getting the right and left together in the center talk about political things. Why did Twitter take that down? You know, and then again, uh, one uh, another thing that I noticed was, um, I mean, it's not hilarious, but then um, the Maxwell trial. Uh, so there, there was a trial tracker account for it with like five hundred thousand people following it. Um, they suspended that account. So, like. You know, like what, what, what kind of guidelines are we, you know, like intermingling with? Like, what did we violate there? Because Maxwell trial is definitely important. Like, we do need updates every day. And, and so is Articles of Unity. We, we need those articles. So what is happening? Um, well, I think that there's a lot. It's really evidence of more polarization that's already been going on. Um, basically, I think that it's super nuanced per situation, but in general, I don't think that mob behavior is ever something to aspire to. Um, so I don't really believe in, I believe in direct conversation, right? Because there are people who are canceled who don't even know that they're canceled, right? Right? Like there's like, Cancel culture isn't just on a media scale. It's also on a social scale, right? So there are groups of people, group chats, and people will, reputation is basically character assassination is a form of cancellation, right? And so if you spread something about someone's character, or if you spread information about someone, right, that is damaging to their reputation, um, that is in the form of cancel culture, right? It's character assassination. Um, so cancel culture has similar effects on people's lives, but what I would say is that with cancel culture, a lot of the time, I think it's for politics of spectacle. Um, I think that there are a lot of people who essentially 
like, well, there's a, there's the whole idea that no press is bad press, that all press is good press, but I don't know if that necessarily holds. I think that, and I hate to say it like this, because I understand the values that drive certain cancellations, right? And certain behavior towards that, right? And I definitely agree with certain values, right? But I do not think that shame is an accurate or effective way to convey a message, right? I think that we've tried things through shame before. And frankly, I think that what works better is direct communication. Um, what works better is perhaps like broadcasting a trial, for instance, that is good, right? If there should be no cancellations without trials. No, in an ideal world, in an ideal world. No, but I think that there are genuinely effects on people, right? And um, in certain cases, it's 100%. It's like anything. In certain cases, it's warranted. In certain cases, it's not. Um, what it comes down to is who gets to decide and why do they get to decide? And that kind of takes us to the whole idea of decentralization and consensus mechanisms, right? But we're not going down that route yet, right? But hypothetically, you could have a consensus mechanism on voting on cancellations, right? Based off of reputation. And this kind of does already go on with Bitcoin um, and with mining in general, right? Because you have reputation-based, you have reputation-based systems. But um, essentially with um, cancellations, you have either somebody in authority deciding that this person is whatever, like I'm going to whatever. But on the flip side, you have the opposite effect where it's like whoever's in power has sway of the situation. Um, and then you have the crowd uprising and you have the um, loudest voices, right? And the argument of whoever makes the most noise is the one whose narrative ends up being dominant. Like there's a saying that winners write history, but it's the loudest who writes history nowadays because now history is being written in terms of media as we go. And that's kind of why I think that unless you're really following onto a specific thread of information, like unless you're tracking and paying attention to, for instance, only Web3 stuff or only political stuff um, or only XYZ, right? Um, you really struggle to get the full spectrum of perspectives on events, right? And so cancellation is in effect a way to have public involvement in media and in morals. It's almost like direct democracy in a sense or hypothetically with people involved or that's the effect that they feel. They feel like they have a say in culture, like they're part of something, that's the way they would interpret it. Um, especially if they feel strongly about a certain issue. But if you think about it on like a human level, if you go through anybody's phone, if you go through anybody's social media from back, like wherever, like, especially if you think about like nowadays, you have people with social media accounts that are getting canceled who had like Facebooks in middle school, early high school, anything like that, right? 
like that shouldn't affect you. Like if you're thinking about, well, okay, let me put it like this. Of course, what you do matters immensely. What you say also matters immensely. But if you're judging somebody based off of who they were um, in a social media post from like, are you the same person that you were um, when you had a, and so I'm not really being coherent. I'm not speaking in coherent sentences, but I think I'm getting the point across, right? Where I think that to some extent, what really matters is almost like an update, right? Like ask the person, um, hey, do you still believe this? Like maybe have some like check-in, you know, some little update um, and then assess from there. But I don't necessarily think that cancellation without conversation makes much sense or like any moral judgment based off of assumption like people really like to judge things and assume things about people's characters because it makes them feel more secure in their worldview and in what they think that they understand about the world right that's my take on it um but a lot of times that security that heuristic that dependency on heuristics that we have um, leads us to this place where if you stop and think about it, are you really experiencing reality or are you experiencing reality as confined to your understanding of how the world works, right? It's the whole it's almost like beetle in a box. Like if you say the beetles in the box, um, the beetle in the box experiment. This is where the chewing comes in. Um, but yeah, no, essentially, yeah, I don't know. It's with things that are kind of subjective, it gets difficult, right? And that's where it's like, I don't know, people's, People do things in a very, people do things in mob and group think people do things with mob mentalities all the time and don't realize it. I don't want to demonize things that are coming from a place of like wanting to improve societies that have not worked well in the past and to correct the wrongs of past societies because there definitely are things, right? Like if we didn't have that, we still wouldn't have women voting. We still wouldn't have, um, we still wouldn't have many things that we take for granted today. Like I was just gonna list through <laughs> and I was just like, no, this is right too cliche. Um, but <laughs> pretty much, of course we need to correct the wrongs of the old. However, it needs to be a conversation of what the new should be to solve the problems that we face, right? Like, I think that sometimes we get so hung up on social issues that we neglect major other issues that we face, right? And sometimes it's a distraction because that's what I kind of view as at times part of the simulation 
right? Because you have, at any point, whatever narrative you immerse yourself in, that's your world at the time. That is your perception. And so there are these joint perceptions that give people a chance to share a view of reality that they can then discuss in concrete terms and that they can take sides on, right? And the human mind really fucking loves that. The human mind really likes to be able to simplify things and to be able to contextualize stuff. There's this side and there's that side. There's the red pill, there's the blue pill. There's Democrats, there's Republicans. There's, but that's not how reality is, right? It becomes that way because it's really easy. People don't like to have to think for themselves. People don't like to have the responsibility. And, and the thing is most people forget that they can, right? Because out of fear, out of shame, out of out of being afraid to say the wrong thing, people self-censor. Or a lot of people do. There are people who don't. Um, but a lot of people self-censor. And that is not great, even though that is a direct effect of fear tactics. And this is where I think shame is a horrible thing. Because it also comes from the whole idea of like, if you shame people for bad behavior, negative reinforcement, I genuinely believe it has worse effects than positive reinforcement. Um, but at the same time, obviously we need to have it balanced out and there are people who do things that obviously need to have negative reinforcement, right? Because like, I'm rambling, please tell me you'll be able to cut through some of this, Sanj, because- No, you're making, you're making a lot of sense. Like, like when I think about, um, community guidelines, right? Like the ones that they make, um, they're of course, um, beneficial, they are- dependent upon a particular kind of use, despite, let's say, you know, they're necessarily subjective and shifting and incomplete definitions of what exactly these um, community guidelines mean. Um, I mean, if I, if I remember correctly, um, Twitter in 2021, like this year, <laughs> this year they made this rule um, to ensure that all people can participate in a public conversation freely and safely, like the thing I was saying before. Um, and so, of course, policies like violence, or harassment, and abuse, and um, leaking private information, like stuff like that, uh, is bad. But again, it seems as if cancel culture also like challenges um, the enforcement and effectiveness of um, such guidelines um, because users seem to negotiate their um, behaviors against like these intended targets. So it seems like in some cancellations, issues such as like harassment, let's say, um, they violate these um, platform guidelines and also potentially create life-threatening situations um, for either, let's say the counselor or the counselor who's involved. Um, but the policy enforcement appears um, to lack certain things in the sense that social media platforms are also kind of influence how this cancel culture materializes. So, you know, again, it's, it's very interesting how, how these community guidelines come into play, but then again, how cancel culture, when mixed with these community guidelines, um, they don't make any sense. Like they don't, they are, they're conflating. Like they don't, they don't like mix and match in a perfect way. Uh, you know, like 
Um, like a weird example would be how artificial intelligence and philosophy should go like hand in hand in a very good way, um, like in a way that makes sense. But then how here uh, in this case, uh, cancel culture and community guidelines are not waving together in a good way. Like it's not making any sense. Um, so again, you know, it's, it's a huge problem. Then, then the other problem is censorship, right? Like the two examples I was giving, um, like the Maxwell trial, Articles of Unity. Also like the other day I saw like this tweet um, of like some woman, I don't remember the name of, probably like a journalist, I suppose. And she, she like retweeted that Joe Rogan episode with Dr. Peter, which has been making like noise on the internet because they were talking about like vaccines and, um, and like vaccine effectiveness and what exactly, you know, went down um, uh, in 2020 in terms of COVID um, in general. Uh, and she retweeted that and her account got suspended. So like, you know, That's, like- it, People self-censor and people get censored and censorship problems are just, I don't know. It's, it's difficult nowadays, right? Because people are looking for what to jump onto. Um, and it doesn't matter really the context. It doesn't matter how it's meant. It doesn't matter anything other than having something to make an example of. Um, and of course, it's important to make examples of things. But at the same time, um, we're not focusing on moving forward. And a lot of things can be resolved really simply um, if you just break things down and say, okay, this is what this person wants. This is what this person wants, right? And it's not necessarily always going to work out well, but we have means and mechanisms to, oh my God, I'm like, my head is spinning, dude. I don't know what just happened, but my head just started to spin. Wow. Because the same happened to me. Really? Is this what we would call computational telepathy? <laughs> we call computational telepathy, yes. Yeah. Interesting. No, no, but so essentially, I think there are a lot of conflicts that are needless conflicts and are just there for politics of spectacle and to create noise in the media um, to attract attention. Um, but I do think that there are genuine issues that we face that don't get addressed because of this. Um, and a lot of it just comes down to the fact that people, there's a lack of information. There's a lack of what information is important. So people really enjoy drama and people really enjoy the stories around drama. Um, so cancellation is a lot of drama. Um, and also it's like drama towards causes, right? But anybody could be painted as anything. Um, and obviously I'm digging myself a grave with this so fucking bad uh, because I'm gonna listen to this and out of conflict, out of context, exactly, out of context. Out of context what I'm saying right now, someone could take this years from now and be like, she is defending rape. She is defending this. And it's like, no, I'm not. I'm high and I'm rambling. Like, and that's what I'm saying is like, if I were to tweet something that was a high tweet, right? 
or like a drunk tweet of course i need to take accountability for like being that way online but at the same time it's like come on like i don't know maybe that's just maybe that's just something that it's a generational just difference in some respects. It's also something where you have different groups of people who believe differently. Um, and then you just have your own ability to think through, I guess you could think of it as like projections on the platonic cave of the internet um, and say, oh, what do I want to make my vibe come across as? but it's a flawed concept right like it's it's something where in theory it sounds great but in practice it does not work it only works in a vacuum because your perception is also being warped so you're again another degree removed from the initial intent and from the actual communication and if you think about what's the evolutionary purpose of this right it's not to satisfy your perception it's to convey something um, or not even the evolutionary purpose, but like what is the evolutionary purpose that we have for being able to communicate to write, right? Um, or whether you want to take it from spiritual, whether you want to take it religious, whatever, like why do we write? Because we want to convey something, right? And so doesn't it then matter what's intended to be conveyed, right? Isn't that the source that we're trying to get at? not our perception of what's intended to be conveyed. And so that's why I think most problems are because people genuinely are responding to what they hear and not what actually is being said. And most people don't want to admit that because there is, like I said, an ease in relying in heuristics and relying in reputation and relying on a lot of things like that. And a lot of times, most of the time, it is right. But there are times where it is not. And oftentimes, those times are important. Because you can also create situations where you alienate people for no good reason. Um, it's, I don't want to compare it to the death penalty. I don't want to use any metaphors, right? But you create things where you have individuals groups being marginalized, of course, and you could see this, I'm not using marginalized in a political sense. I mean, you could say it marginalized politically, but I think that humans are overly political. This, I'm rambling. Let me just break this down simply. Okay. Let me just break this down simply. I think that humans are overly political and that we essentially complicate things for the sake of simplifying them. Now, what I mean that, by that is that we, our human brains, like to be able to cleanly sort out things. I said this earlier, right? We like to be able to say red pill, blue pill. We like to be able to say um, this side, that side. We like to be able to say Democrat, Republican. We like to be able to say um, good, bad. We like to be able to say, we like labels. We really like labels, but that's not reality, right? Because, and even if it is, 
our perception, our intuition about what we want to label something is not always what is. Um, you could have a really good sense of judgment, but it doesn't necessarily map to what exists, right? And so what our problem is, is when we jump the gun on things um, and when we make, we complicate by attempting to simplify because then we create this, he said, she said, um, we create this back and forth. I sound ridiculous. I sound like a fucking- It makes all the sense though, because it's like polarization, right? Like one side and the other side. And things where, for instance, me wearing this right now, right? Not flattering, whatever. You could say something negative because like, oh, my boobs are showing, right? But we're not doing that, but no, but for instance, with that, right? And it's like, Yes, but at the same time, I do respect myself to the extent that, like, I don't want to come across in a certain way. But why is that the case, right? Why is that the case? Because that's what we're conditioned to believe, right? Um, And, of course, it's on each individual to make their own moral judgments. But you don't get that in a society that achieves equilibrium by having social coercion, right? And social coercion... The desire to belong is desire to not be, as you say, canceled or not be like taken out, right? Not to be bullied, not to be this, not to be that, right? Um, and I don't know, genuinely or generally, I think that, let me put it this way. I think that we divert from a lot of actual issues But I think that we divert from a lot of actual issues by creating fights. And do you want to hear my extremely cynical take? It's all a distraction to buy time. Yeah, it truly is. (laughs) All a distraction to buy time because we don't know what we're doing as a civilization. Yeah. And so we, be, to warn, to like occupy humanity while we are watching things kind of collapse around us, we have diversion and we have attempts at that, right? And of course, there are people wondering and planning about what's next for civilization, but most people just want a simple role in a grand scheme of things. Now, there should be a way for people who want to look at things from a high-level perspective and kind of think about what's next and question why things are in certain ways um, to discuss that. But what we haven't said is that in order to really, people want to know what your opinions are. They don't like to hear that your opinions are that trying to understand what someone's political opinions are. Um, or where they fall in certain things is part of the big distraction. Because what is the purpose of governance to keep things running, right? What's the purpose of governance to keep things running? Not to create conflict, but to not even resolve conflict, but just to move forward, right? Like, what is the purpose of this? And instead, we've literally created this entire institution based off of arguing. We've created an entire, and 
I'm all for debate, right? Like there's, there's reasons for it. Um, and there are differences in perspective and there are objective decisions to be made. However, creating media, media spectacle is just a way to essentially divert time, um, attract people's attention and get more people talking about certain things, right? And of course there are certain movements and people who are really swayed and really convicted and really want to get justice for things that have happened to them in the past, right? And that is important. But what's more important is the fact that most of these issues that arise, arise from lack of communication, right? And people jumping on assumptions without actually contacting, right? Now, if it's something where it's like, it depends on what the allegation is, I believe actually, but like, there are people who don't even know that they're canceled, right? Like, if you were to, and this is what I was saying earlier as well. This is a bit of a repeat, but cancel culture isn't just in media. Cancel culture is also in friend groups, right? It's also reputation. And it also, like I mentioned earlier, um, it goes to the whole idea of consensus mechanisms, right? Where you kind of have the voting. My thoughts on cancel culture is that it's kind of a waste of time. Then um, that's gonna come off in a really bad way, but that, it's a game of misinterpretation and that we need to kind of evolve past that and that it comes from the human need for spectacle and that there are other ways that we could get spectacle um, and that we should have more of a focus on, I mean, I don't know. We should have more of a focus on progress, right? And I think that Web3 kind of addresses cancel culture in a sense um, by allowing people to be anonymous, but at the same time, Web3 in and of itself is a complex, it's a complicated question, right, because it kind of, there's the whole, let's see, I'm doing the same thing where I go down these rabbit holes instead of just being concise. <laughs> no, but so basically what I was trying to say with this is that I should be able to just say, basically my thoughts on cancel culture are that it's a waste of time. Why is it a waste of time? Because we are complicating an attempt to simplify. And we are creating debate for the sake of, we're not, we're not even creating debate. We're creating media cycles, right? As opposed to having conversation. And I don't know, certain things like trials deserve to be broadcast. There are certain things that need to be addressed, right? Public, public information. Um, but then there are certain things that, of course, people have the right to do and to talk about and to have all this stuff, but it's like, is it really big enough that like it deserves intense attention, right? Like what is the goal of this? Like, why are we spending time on this, right? What is the goal of cancellation? How can we achieve this in a different way that doesn't, in a more efficient <laughs> and 
I guess, more effective way, right? Because, oh my God, my face is like, I'm, I'm looking at the screen and I see my face floating around. This is really bad sound. This is really bad. Um, but basically, everything that we do, we're doing for a reason, right? So just technically, not really. Humans don't operate that way. I don't operate that way. You don't operate that way. Like we kind of do, but we don't really. If we're logical agents, then we do. Um, but pretty much <sighs> that, why are we canceling people? What point are we trying to prove? And how can we do that in a different way, right? I don't think that we necessarily need to, if people are in on it, certain things I think are just kind of there. Like I'm not gonna blow this, but I do think that most, like most things are just a spectacle to teach lessons, right? They're memes, the media, the message, the memes drive public sentiment, right? Memes are expressed through what people are thinking about at a given time. Um, and so, yeah, cancel culture is another marketing tool. <laughs> it's a tool of war in your, if you're trying to get public sentiment, right? Um, I, I tend to think of things in terms of like, who's benefiting from this, right? Um, and who benefits from it is whoever is the enemy of the person who's been canceled. Um, and also it is a scapegoating mechanism, right? I do not want to go down the whole mimetic theory route with this, right? Because it's like, everything turns into that. Everything turns into a conversation on mimetic theory. And I'm trying to avoid that because I think it is extremely, I used to think it was extremely accurate, but I genuinely think that it is extremely overhyped um, because people want to say that everything for the most part is trying to mimic something else. But I think that we consciously make decisions as to what we want to do, or at least I do, right? And we of course have influences, of course have influences, but we could be conscious of our influences, right? We could be conscious of our influences. Um, there are things that are original as well, but that's where it's like, it's, it's interesting, right? Because I think that here I am rambling again. No, you're not. No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Trust me, no. <laughs> I just ramble. That's what I've been doing, right? I, I can intentionally talk and keep things concise, but then I've just been rambling instead. <laughs> Not great. No, I but said, like, you were making a point, like. No, I genuinely think that we waste a lot of time with cancel culture, just like I'm wasting time with this, right? <laughs> but, no, I think that it's like, we aren't actually solving the problem. We are creating a problem by not addressing, like, if you ask any person, what is the point of cancellation? You will get different answers, right? And that's the interesting thing is it's like, we're coordinating towards something, but why, right? Like, if you don't know why, then why are you doing it? I mean, most things, if you don't know why, then why are you doing it? And so I think that we really need to have better communication as to why. We need to have better communication, not only as to why, but as to actually 
like communicating and <laughs> I mean I don't know I think that it goes to a lot of problems bad communication is one of the biggest problems that we have in society and it's not on the individual to defend themselves if they're not being approached but it becomes that way right because it becomes many versus one and when you get to that point it's whoever has the most power to give them time is to shape the narrative and isn't that the exact same thing that we decry, right? Um, isn't that the whole thing with most reasons that people are canceled? And I don't know, I think I haven't heard of it on both sides. I mean, I don't really follow much with political discourse, but I don't know, the entire institution of politics is, I don't know, I, I, keep, I keep going on and on and on. I just think that there are more efficient ways to solve problems. I genuinely just do think that there are more efficient ways to solve problems. And yeah, how can, how can we do it? Like, But what is the problem even? Exactly. That's the thing is, if we're doing something and we can't map it to what, what we're solving with this, then why are we doing it? why and how do we even how do we even get to think about it what what is the goal of canceling someone that's my first question before we address what could be done like what is the goal you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is it to is it to kick someone off the platform or like is there more something more happening there like is there some sort of a propaganda happening there you never know no, and that's the thing. Maybe it's a personal attack. You never know. You genuinely never know. And you don't want to assume, right? Because... Like, no. what is any of this? Like, how do we get to think about any of this? Like, you know how there's a... Back in the day, there was a way of Socratic dialogue where you would just sit down. And there's, like, two people. They're going back and forth. Even if there's some sort of a disagreement, they're, like, you know, just like how Plato... Um, and Socrates would have a conversation, right? But at the end of it, there's some sort of a virtue coming out of it. We don't have that right now. Like there's um, rationality, common sense thinking, first principles thinking, and what is the other one? Anywho, like all of these things are absent. Like people don't think rationally anymore. They people just want to- There's an attack on Okay, people don't think rationally anymore because what it means to be rational in today's society has changed, right? Like the purpose of rationality is to function as, well, not to function in society, but it's to succeed, right? So just like, what is the goal? Like what, what is the objective of the rational agent, right? That's what rational is rationality in context, right? You can't be just like objectively rational. There's always context in which something is rational, right? Like it might be, rational for you to get up and brush your teeth um, when you wake up in the morning. It's not rational for you to get up and brush your teeth in the middle of dinner, right? Like context is so important. Um, so that's what I would say, first of all. And it becomes rational to support things like cancel culture. It becomes rational to, and that's the thing is sometimes cancellation might be rational. I'm not saying it never is, but like, um, 
it becomes rational when it either when, when you lay out everything right when the context is there the content is there you know the parties involved is like when the entire thing is unfolded as opposed to when you're just like taking parts out of it and and that's the thing with cancel culture like literally like what we see right now is you you do something like honestly someone's walking down the street right and something happens where the person either drops the phone and someone comes and steals it like some sort of an incident happens now one way to think about it is okay the person was going down the street this thing happened um you know and then the person ran away and then you report it to the police in a whole like with the whole story but then when we take this to the internet level you know um it's like oh yeah that person was talking about um this particular movement and um you know there's an entire speech that he's giving or she's giving or they or them are giving um and you take out that one particular section from that speech um and just put it on a tweet and be like oh he said this but the entire context is absent because you're not putting the whole thing in so you know that that is what is happening with this cancel culture like taking parts um out of the whole context so t- taking a content from the whole context and putting it um for either some sort of a gains to either cancel someone or make a huge deal out of it so that it's entertainment for a second on twitter so so this is like this entertainment and like bad aspect of cancel culture like to make fun of some fun of something essentially but it's 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 honestly messed up because there's so many real and actual things happening and when people try to play with those things it gets it gets bad like you cannot play yeah. with serious things but people just victims deserve to be heard and that's the thing is i think that if somebody has something to say there should be an open conversation right but i don't think that i think that there should be an open conversation between the victim and the accuser um oh yeah no open conversation is necessary but then that's the thing right when you pitch someone Hey, let's have an open conversation. No, but even in that sense, like that's not necessarily always practical because if you could say that rationally, but then like haven't been in a situation where you have your anxiety, you have everything. Like if you're confronting something that you've been psychologically avoiding, like that's not going to feel like you're not going to really be on board with that. Um, but no, I think that it goes both ways, right? because there are people who are who have their lives ruined because they're victims and they don't get anything they don't get anything from that because they're just like the only thing that they feel they can do the only way to take back their power is to make a statement about it and i think that that is entirely valid but there are there are also people who are accused of things that sometimes entirely valid sometimes you have things like like you said things from social media from years ago right and it depends on what it is right but 
even nowadays, shit posts. Like half shit posts, if you took seriously, if you took half of shit posts seriously, the world that we lived in, that you would understand from what you read on Twitter. The third eye would open. That's literally what's gonna happen. Someone's gonna come ahead and just be like, oh, this person was talking about third eye being open and fifth dimension ascension. And it's a meme. It's literally a meme, but the person takes it seriously. They're like, damn, like the third eye was open. And, and I was like, no, it's a meme, you know? Like, don't, don't take shit posts or memes seriously, because, like, pe- okay, another thing is people don't understand humor. So, you know, most of the times, like, you know what happened with Dave Chappelle um, in his closer? Um, you know, he went on and he talked about um this particular trans person who was harassing him or something like that well actually just like that and um and he was being comedic about it but he was trying to make a point in a very comedic yet irrational way so it's it's uh, it doesn't get blown out of proportion but because it's a quote-unquote sensitive issue to talk about trans issues um or to take trans people accountable for their quote-unquote bad actions, um, you can get canceled. And so people just started protesting against it, even though it, it like, what? Like, you know, you're not making any, any sense, any sense there. Because if you watch the entire thing, then, you know, go, it goes back to the point. If you watch the entire thing, you understand the context, and then you understand the content. But if you're taking the content, out of the context and protesting for it, then you're basically making a fool out of yourself. Like, honestly, because first thing, you don't understand humor when it's a when it's in a comedic context. Um, and second thing, you just don't know how to rationally think about things. So, so that's the like ridiculous aspect of like this cancel culture. But anywho, what is Web3? So what is Web3? That's a loaded question, right? Right. So Web3, and I'm going to get a lot of shit for saying this. Depending on what you're referring to, Web3 is kind of a marketing campaign, but so is everything. If you think about it, everything is a marketing campaign because that's how it spreads, right? And so... Web3 right now is a collection of people, like a collection of DAOs, if you want to think of it like that, um, and projects built on blockchain. And there are narratives going around that it's like Web3 is you own the internet, um, you own parts of the internet, like NFTs, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And yeah, it's a path towards financial freedom for a lot of people. But is it entirely it's a paradigm shift 100 it's a paradigm shift um and there's greater anonymity right because all you have is the wallet address um is it this grand 
entirely new reality. I mean, yes, but also, no, like, a lot of it right now is mostly just the excitement of people getting onboarded to it, right? And I'm not covering, so maybe I should talk more about like the technical side of shit, but like, I don't know, basically, I'm kind of just like addressing the concept of like Web3 being, I don't know. There's the whole Bitcoin versus Web3 thing. Bitcoin is Bitcoin. Um, Bitcoin is not going anywhere. <laughs> Bitcoin's always going to be there. Then I don't necessarily think of Web3 as like, like Jack tweeted that it's all VC owns, but you don't really own it, the VCs, VCs who own it. And technically he's kind of right, right? Like, and I could say something where essentially like there's the whole ace and Jack has a thing against like A16Z <laughs> kind of owning <laughs> like all of crypto. But let's just put it this way, right? They do. They kind of do. They kind of do. But it's also creating a lot more lot of jobs in the US. It's creating a lot of jobs everywhere, right? Um, so you can make that argument. Um, but but I would say, and it's also it is poaching a lot of talent, right? Because people want to get New York Times has an article about this. I haven't read New York Times in a long time, just recently did this one article. Um, but God, we're gonna cut this out because everything I say is gonna be interpreted in a political context and it's absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. What is that? Oh, okay. The way you just took out the knife, dude. Wow. <laughs> oh, this podcast is going to be amazing. You know, when back in the day, in 2010 or whatever, there would be like explicit songs. So the clean version would have like the beep in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that beep is going to be on like things we said, which were beepy. <laughs> which were beepy. <laughs> Dude, I could mint NFTs of this shit and I'm sure it's somebody's fetish. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's the thing. There are serious problems that need to be solved in this world. Mm -hmm. and I don't know. I think the cancel culture is overhyped. Mm. But mm. Mm. 
I'm gonna pop an almond. Maybe I'm just antisocial. I don't like hear about cancellations that much. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I just the things is people disagreeing, right? Like. I have this. Like, too. what do people play those for nowadays? <laughs> Wait a second. I'm trying to look at. Oh. So, when I was in Tel Aviv, there was this amazing. Um, we can take a video of this. Oh, yeah. It's literally parental advisory explicit content. Charge for this shit. This is um. This is. This is where you can. Uh, this is where you cut it. This is where you call um. Cancel. Cancel material. This is what you call sense of you. Now we solve the birth rate problem. <laughs> Web three is a problem. So this is a dark fantasy charcoal fields. It's um, it's an original filled cookie. Oh, I want a cookie. Cookies are nice too. Um. Yeah. And here is peanut butter. Peanut butter and cereal. And here, here's the here's the cookie uh, in question. And I'm gonna try it. Hmm. Interesting. It has like chocolate in it and it's like melted interesting stuff i have that philly irish song stuff in my head dude if i put this on <laughs> the internet red brush <laughs> see i could be canceled for that Here's the thing, let people wear what they want to wear. Um, for have conversations, have conversations. We need to destigmatize conversations. Not all conversations, right? It depends mm-hmm. on who. And I understand that there's, if you want to call it a privilege, a privilege to that, right? Like you or yeah. I having a conversation with someone, it's going to come across differently from like a middle-aged man having a conversation with someone. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. That's different. But... We need to have more open conversations about things because people live their lives in little bubbles. And I don't know. It depends what the objective is, right? Yeah. Knowing something exists and deciding whether like 
whatever your opinion is on it. It, it really shouldn't necessarily, depending on what the thing is, right? Like if it's something where it's like, it's a significant moral, moral outrage. There are certain things where like, if you're driven by a specific philosophy and you have a very strong moral outrage, um, you can end up, I don't even know how to put it. You can end up acting out of anger. And acting out of defense is the other side of that, right? Um, and a lot of times, I think people both proactively and retroactively try to anticipate the other person's intent and try to anticipate the other person's move as opposed to directly asking, right? Direct conversations are so freaking important. Yeah, but they won't have it. They don't want to have it. Because if they have it, um, they don't get what they want. It's just to cancel you. Well, what, what do they want to cancel you for? Like, what, what do they get from canceling? Depends on the context and the content. Like, let's say you and I have a conflict, right? And um, we both tweet about it. Like, you know, like you tweet, like, oh, you know, she said this and like, fuck her for that. And I say, you said this and fuck you for that, right? And so at this point, um, people who are in our circle, they take that, you know, there's two, there's two sides now, right? And now I'm not saying that we are like that, okay? So let's say there's person A and B at this point. Um, because they want that particular narrative to be that way because they're getting engagement, they're not going to have a direct co a conversation at all. Unless, you know, they're like homies or something, you know, like like bros or something like that. But if it's just two, two independent people have a conversation goes out of hand and they tweet about it, which happens most of the time with like these rappers or whatnot, and they're not gonna communicate because they're getting clout out of it, engagement. And if they have that conversation and they know that they come together, then there's no, no more noise. You know, a lot of conflicts like that are staged for, like I genuinely think most media conflicts are staged. Oh yeah, hundred percent for engagement. Yeah, they want more activity. More stage to like communicate things. Like it's almost like you're watching a drama, right? Like you're watching the show. The news is the same way. It's putting on a show to keep the public capt captivated under the two narratives, because then you have people under control. But at the same time, that's a good thing because what happens otherwise? Well, people are free now, right? People are freeing themselves from it. You have people just like aping into NFTs. You have all of this, right? And in lots of ways, that's better. But we still have, and here's the thing is it actually resolves a lot of problems. It got people socializing mm -hmm. about things that are in politics and People are trying to make Web3 political. People are trying to make all of this political. Um, oh, yeah, they made it political, right? With the whole Jack thing and all that stuff. It's like Bitcoin 
with Bitcoin. And then you have NFTs, which the way that I kind of see them, and this is not the way that everybody sees them, um, is that they are essentially like campaigns, right? So you're getting a message across or you're promoting an artist with a collection, right? And as opposed to ads, which is more of the web two sentiment, you have NFTs and that's how you're kind of financializing the internet because web two, you have advertisements um, and you have people profiled and you have ads that are then suggested to them, right? With this, you're kind of, you're kind of like buying part of it, um, but not through equity, but through ownership of an item in the collection. Um, and you're supporting the cause, right? You're supporting the artist, you're supporting whatever it is. And in doing so and like creating your profile picture as being that, you are promoting it, right? Um, so that's kind of how I see NFTs, right? You also have the community aspect of it, which I will admit, I have been involved in some, but not a lot of. Um, but the community aspect is incredible too, right? Because you have people uniting over shared interest in something like a freaking cute picture of a penguin, right? That's amazing, right? Rather than having people fighting over who did what, who said what, people are just smoking weed and enjoying themselves over a picture of a penguin. God bless. However, this doesn't solve every problem and we cannot think of this as being the solution to everything. This is how we get people not at each other's throats for the intro. This is like when you give your kid a Benadryl when, it's, when they're going on the plane. <laughs> this is not gonna stop them from crying when they wake up. <laughs> 100%, dude. Um, but we have serious problems to solve. And we do have a lot of people who realize how easy it is to make money in Web3. Smart people who go that route, right? And that's, like, that matters, right? and let people do what they want to do. But I don't know. Jack has a huge point with pushing back against it and saying that it's not this utopia that it's pitched as, right? Because while there are things that are amazing, amazing projects being built on Ethereum, Solana, all these other blockchains too, it's not utopia, right? Like that's a marketing campaign. That is a marketing campaign. Um, it is the beginning of something amazing. It is people being able to have storage and different wallets. Um, the math behind it's pretty incredible. Um, if you look at like crypto economics, if you look at consensus mechanisms, if you look at, um, I don't know, like I recently read a paper that was super, super, super interesting. Um, but that was also about markets, right? That was more so from the perspective of like DeFi. Um, and it's, it's super, it's super complex when you consider 
how many different interpretations and how many different incentives are tangled in conversations about this. And this is like even more heated than political things because this has your money involved, right? And I think that there's almost, here's where it's interesting, right? It's a pushback against the old guard. Web3 is in many ways like these, it's a pushback against the old guard, right? Because people think that you could buy your way into high-end stuff and like you have different generations and bloodlines perpetuating wealth through society, keeping lower class people out or like people who are marginalized out through that. And you have things like Harvard, you have things like all these universities that people are kind of mocking in a sense with the equivalents with like board ape yacht club, right? Where people walk around with their Harvard apparel. You could do the same thing with the board ape yacht club apparel. And there's a satire element to it, right? Um, because it's like, you could buy your way into these little societies, but what are we doing in these societies? We're sitting around and smoking. And um, I'm not saying we, I, I'm not part of the AYC yet. If you want to send me an ape, shout out to anyone out there, let me know. <laughs> See, that, that's where I'm coming from, right? Like, I am not going to say that Bordy Piat Club is going to save the world because it's not. I, I could be wrong, you know? I know maybe, maybe Bordy Piat Club. Uh, <laughs> oh no but so pretty much that's what i'm saying is like there is something to it there's a statement being made and there are some really really cool campaigns going on in web3 and a lot of really cool things that are being built in web3 and then d5 um but is it utopia is it really that different from the web that we know not necessarily. Um, it's very much clicky. It's very clicky. It's very, very clicky. And it's almost been like an experiment. It's almost been like an experiment because to give people a little bit of power, to give people a little bit of clout, to give people membership, and then you see how they behave publicly. And you observe that on Twitter. People are crazy. Right? That's why it pays to be an anonymous shit poster sometimes. Because there's no Yeah, no, I think you, you cannot have utopia. So like there's dystopia, there's utopia. And both of them are present at the same time. That's how society functions. Society functions on disruption. You can never have um society just being completely utopic or being completely dystopic. Because that what kind of society would that be? I don't know, dude. There was one movie which showed, oh no, actually a book. Actually a book which showed if, you know, you get this utopic society, this is a part of it. Um, how like just being good at some point just doesn't seem human. Like complete utopia just doesn't seem like absolutely human. And complete dystopia also the same way. So yeah, so it's kind of crazy. Um, so yeah, it's it's completely right that you know um, we can never reach complete utopia with anything, be it tech related, be it political um, or economic incentives. I don't think that's possible, and I don't think it's possible to go to complete dystopia either. 
unless we all just fuck up really bad with the earth and ecological system, which probably could happen at some point. But yeah, NFTs. What is up with NFTs? Why oh. are people minting NFTs and dropping them? By the way, when you were talking about the Benadryl thing, it reminded me how there was a South Park episode where this guy just takes Ambien and starts tweeting like mad. I don't know which episode it was, but it was so hilarious. And it's, it's, it's a precise example of how, like you, like, you are in this elevated state of consciousness and you tweet something and, like, yeah, you were in a, you know, you were in a liminal state of consciousness and you just tweeted something. You can't, like, you know, it's, it's, it, it, you don't mean anything by it. Like, I, you know, it's, 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 again, it, these are the issues that people don't want to talk about and don't want to like understand at a deeper level. So they just avoid it and they just hold people accountable for whatever actions they take. So there's no like laid out framework for any of this. There's this desire for humanity to make sense. There's a desire for the world to make sense and there's a desire in crowds to be on the same page. Um, and I think it's a bit oversold, right? Because then we start adopting the exact same narratives to hear the same things over and over again. And it's hard to say anything different because if you do, then you don't get the same engagement because it's going against the grain. Mm 